0: Welcome back to the show, to the Men After Me podcast. I'm your host, Nico Williams. This is the audio letter to the boys that will become men in the generations that follow. I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to episode five of the podcast. I'm so grateful for all of the support, all the feedback that I received. Specifically, I've gotten some really good feedback from somebody special in my life. And uh, this person said to me, they said, they said, Nico, this is a great podcast, but I don't really feel like it's specific to men or boys. And you know what? She's right. The lessons that I've learned and I try to teach on this podcast are mostly applicable to everyone, including women. But the idea is I'm looking to raise up the boys that will become men in the next generation. And so, man, this is just like kind of some of the things that I would love to impart specifically to to boys that are that are growing up and like i said it's applicable to to people women included people everywhere but it's specifically for my heart towards the young men anyway the question of today is what is the difference between god's kingdom and your empire since we live in a accomplishment culture um we live in a grind culture like i i I, like i said but i probably said this before i said um Man, you We live in a day, I used to have this mindset. It's like, man, you got to grind until you don't have to introduce yourself. That's the kind of culture that we live in. Just meaning be so good at what you do that when you walk in the room, you have enough notoriety. You have enough recognition that people just know exactly who you are. That's the kind of culture that I was raised in. I think that's the kind of culture that Man, various parts of our society Live in And so what I want to do Is talk about this question Is what's the difference Between God's kingdom And your empire Because Man We can get it confused And get it twisted Like we're working hard To build something for ourselves And I want to Talk about man Can we Is there room For your empire To fit within inside God's kingdom Let, Let's Let's talk about it um, Are those interests Conflicting Now I'll I, I say off, off the bat, if you prioritize God's kingdom, I can guarantee you can see how your dreams and desires fit within God's kingdom. The reason why is because God gave you the dreams that he gave you. Now, he, he, he wants to utilize them for his glory because if he is glorified, everyone else benefits and so I think sometimes our dreams are just misaligned. We need a, a recalibration towards our dreams. And so I think that there is room for your dreams and your desires to fit within God's kingdom. Uh, but talking about the idea of an empire, we're, we're going to get into that. But what I want to do for now is I want to define God's kingdom. Okay, I want to get on uh, the same terms. I want everybody to know what I mean when I say God's kingdom. Okay, So my pastor, my current pastor, he describes God's kingdom as God's people in God's place under God's reign. Now, the ultimate display of God's kingdom is going to be the new heavens and the new earth. It will only be God's people in this new reality of the new heavens and the new earth. And God will reign completely. There will be no sin. There will be no sadness. It will be the ultimate display of God's kingdom. Now, today, we live in the land between the times, Okay. We, we live in this land between uh, God's kingdom um, coming and kind of God's kingdom here now. So another way to think about God's kingdom is that God's kingdom is wherever God's people are. Because if he lives inside of you by his spirit, He's if he's inside me, God is here. I'm his and the land that I walk over is also his and he reigns over me. So, man, you could think about it as God's kingdom being wherever God's people are. Well, another, another part about God's kingdom that we need to talk about is what is God's mission? What it, What is God asking of us, of his people? What is God seeking to do in the world? I would tell you that scripture shows us over and over and over from like literally the beginning pages to the end of it that God is occupied with his glory being made known to all the nations. There's a verse and I want to say Habakkuk. Now I gotta memorize this verse, but that talks about God's glory covering the 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 earth, like the waters cover cover the earth. Something like that. Now I gotta I gotta memorize this. But man, that's what God's mission is. That's what God's kingdom is ultimately doing. He is being made known, his glory is being made known to all nations and to all people and everyone submitting themselves under Christ. So the question is, how does our dreams and desires fit within God's kingdom? The first thing that we have to do in order to understand, to to live within the context of God's kingdom, first thing we got to do is we got to crucify this idea of having an empire. If we can get to the point in life where we say, I am not the king of nothing, I'm the king of nothing. I'm just a manager of all that God has given me. We can be in a really good spot, but that's really difficult. The reason why is because, man, we talked about this a few episodes ago, but our hearts are wired to prove that our ability gives us worth. That's what our, I don't know why, but it's in our brokenness. That's what we're trying to do. Everything, most of us, I don't know, I'm going to speak for myself. I'm, I'm trying to add value to something, to the project or whatever, because my heart's desire is for you to recognize that that um, me adding value to the project, by my idea or whatever, is me adding value to myself. Like, I must have some value now because I said something that was worth it. I said something that somebody is gonna use or, or utilize. But we live in a society that, or our hearts are kind of almost wired in a broken way that makes us think that our ability gives us worth. And so we work hard as we can to try to be better than the next guy to build our empire. And the bottom line is this, y'all, it's all gonna leave us. None of it will last. None of your earthly accomplishments will remain. The book that you've been writing, the car that you purchased, the business that you think you're gonna own, this is all gonna end up in the trash cube that Wally has pressed together at the end of times, okay? You know the little robot in the Disney movie? Uh, he's pressing together all the trash in a cube and he's building up on this enti- this skyscraper of of recycled trash. That is what's gonna happen to everything that you own, every single accomplishment that you've achieved. It's all gonna end up in trash trash heap. All your earthly ones, anyway. But the point is man we gotta crucify our desire for empire Empire is saying me I'm the king of it i've I've done it I've got the most whatever I've got the most cars I've got the biggest house I am the top dog at my job I have um, more money than anyone else that's empire I'm the greatest singer I'm the greatest dancer I'm the greatest whatever that's empire we gotta crucify that because none of it's gonna last anyway it's only going to bring us a little momentary satisfaction, and that is going to fade. What we need is something that's going to last even longer than that. And I think that uh, God's, God points us to his kingdom because his kingdom is that which will last. What you do for the kingdom's sake will have an eternal impact. And so, man, we got to ask the question, okay, how does, how can I fit my dreams and desires into God's kingdom? Okay, we've crucified. We know we need to crucify our empire. But God has given us dreams and gifts and talents and abilities and visions for a reason. How do we fit those things into God's kingdom? First thing that we need to do is we need to realize that that God is king and you're not. We realize that God is king and you're not and I'm not. If, if we can, that's probably the biggest hurdle. That's probably the biggest hurdle. Um, it's the Copernican revolution of the soul okay uh, the idea is uh way 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 back the philosophers and the scientists they thought that the sun revolved around the earth because that's kind of what it looks like when in actuality they realize that the earth revolves around the Sun. I think that's that's what I'm getting at here when I say that God is king. I think we get this on like a uh, a verbal level yeah God is king, God rings, God is supreme. We get that but really, If we looked at our actions and our hearts, I'm wondering if we say that God is king with our mouths, but in our hearts we're like, you know, I'm the king. I'm gonna do what I wanna do when I wanna do it. I'm trying to build my empire. So men and boys, if you can learn this early, I'm telling you it will change your life and you will go through a whole lot less unnecessary hardship. If you can realize that God is king and you are not. That's the first thing you can do. Second thing you can do is understand that God gives you gave you gifts and dreams for his glory and not yours. Now this is a hard lesson for artists, particularly because we love for you to compliment our work, okay? I'm gonna speak, speak for myself. I know of other people like this. We as artists, we say, we, we, we're we sly, we sneaky. We say, um, why don't you give me some constructive criticism? We're really asking people to tell us how good we did, okay? That's really what we're asking. I mean, some of us, we we actually do care how we can be better. But we really, really mostly care about all the good things that we did, okay? (laughs) Anyway, if we can realize that every gift that God has given, every dream, every desire, every vision is for God's glory. God is ultimately using it for him to be glorified. Now, I know that that hits some people in a weird way because it's like well what is he giving it for now we but that's why we got to go back to kind of like the first idea is like god it's god's kingdom this kingdom is about him he's the king if we can if we can land there in our hearts then anything that god gives us is a gift that is ultimately to be used for his glory now here's the kicker okay here's here's where this works perfectly when you operate within your giftings for God's glory, it is more satisfying. It just is. Mainly because that's going to last. Okay? That is just going to last. That's going to last a lot longer than, uh, than anything else. that Everything else that you do and achieve, like I said, is going to end up in the trash heap. God's kingdom is going to have eternal impact. It's going to have eternal impact. The third thing that you need to know about placing your gifts and your dreams inside God's kingdom is you can't pursue something that goes against God's kingdom. That's, that's the thing that you need to know. And that's probably how you can, one of the easiest ways to know if you can fit it within God's kingdom. If you're looking at your dreams and you're looking at your goals and the things that you wanna accomplish, you need to be asking like, is the thing that I'm hoping for does God say anything against the thing that I'm hoping for in scripture? We need to be like or the thing that you're achieving does it encourage people to sin? That those are some questions that you want to ask. It do, you, you cannot pursue something that goes against what God has already established in his kingdom. I'm I'm trying to think of an example. Um something that just immediately comes to my mind is A business owner says I want to own the club the the club of nightlife like I want to own the best club that everybody in the city comes to my club now there's nothing wrong with owning a club but you need to ask yourself what am I encouraging the people to do when they get to the club because because you can be a, a a a club owner for the kingdom of God that encourages people to get together to dance to have a good time but the second that it goes into uh encouraging or creating an atmosphere for people to engage in the desires of their flesh, that would be an example of your dream and your desire kind of going against God's kingdom. Now, this doesn't mean that everything you have to do, everything you do has to be for the quote unquote church, okay? Everything you do needs to be for the kingdom, but not necessarily for church. Here's what I mean by that. We need people in our God needs people. God doesn't need anybody, but God has equipped you and he's equipped all of the people in his in His family. We need those people to be in a secular world. We need Christians to be in the car repair industry so people aren't being taken advantage of. We we need them to be the best mechanic in the city. Okay? Now, if you do this, it will not... We're, we're building God's kingdom. We're not trying to build our empire. We're building God's kingdom. In a minute, you're going to see, I think that... um and in the, in the scriptures, I think you're going to see that all these things get added to, to you anyway. But uh, we need people in the secular world. We need Christians in the secular world being the very best that they can be. Again, we're not trying to build empire. We're trying to build kingdom. We're trying to build God's kingdom. And we need, uh, we not only do we need mechanics, we need teachers shaping the minds of young people. We need nurses. We need doctors. We need mathematicians. We need all of anything that you can think of. We need Christians there, not necessarily so that we can build our own empire, but so that we can build God's kingdom. So that when someone comes into our office, our practice, whatever, man, they not only feel the love of God from the moment they walk in, but they can hear the love of God from your lips. As you speak the, the truth of the gospel and you remind people of who they are in Christ, who they can be when they accept Christ. Um, I particularly think about my, my good friend. Uh, his name is ADQ. Shout out ADQ. Uh, he's also got another podcast. Shout out to him. It's called adq's Renaissance. You could check it out if you want. Uh, but ADQ is a good friend of mine and he's in theater and the Lord's really doing something cool in his life. And it's just cool to sit back and watch as the Lord really is starting to grab a hold of him. And like I said, it's a really cool way. And so he's really thinking about what does it mean to be an actor and a Christian or rather what does it mean to be a Christian that acts and so the so you know me I went to school for theater and I'm actually now in full-time ministry and so he kind of looked at me he's like I don't know if I should be like do I need to quit theater because that's what he saw me do you know do I need to quit theater and the answer to that is no heavens no I just feel like that's what the Lord had called me to but if you believe that God has gifted you to be an actor, that's your dream and desire. You need to do that for the sake of God's kingdom, not building your own empire. And so, man, you got to go back to these questions. I was, I was trying to help him go back to these questions. Like, man, or or just these ideas, realizing that God is king and you're not. Realize that the gifts and dreams he, give you, he gave you is for his glory. And then that means you also can't pursue something that goes against God's kingdom. So, like, now anybody, really, not just ADQ, but anybody who's an actor or an artist or anything, the projects that you engage in, you need to be looking at like, man, is the net gain of this project, what story are they trying to tell? Are they trying to give God glory? Are they trying to exemplify something good about our world? It doesn't even have to be about God. It just needs to exemplify something good in our world or is it praising something that is evil? Those are the, and those are kind of the qualifications I would say like, man, you can be an actor. You need to be an actor for the sake of Christ in these spaces because the theater is a dark world. We need Christians in in the in those spaces. But it really comes down to, man, is this play going to glorify God or the good things about our world, or is it going to uh, encourage people to gratify the desires of their flesh? Anyway, so, y'all, those are a few things that you should think about when we're talking about or we're asking the question, God's kingdom or my empire. Now, I'd love to go ahead and transition into um, just diving deep into the word. Y'all know I'm really trying to be intentional to set up, set you guys up for the, for success and trying to understand scripture. And another critique I got from my dad, shout out to my dad. He was always like, he, he listened to the podcast and he like, man, it's good. I love podcasts. But I really, really wish that the idea from the beginning section would be connected to your scripture section and I was like, "But dad, I'm not necessarily trying to do that. I'm just going through scripture in my quiet time and sharing with y'all what what's happening." Well, today in particular, it's really cool because it actually does kind of line up. So, we're going to be looking at we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 12 and we're going to start at verse 22. Now, before I get there, before I start reading, and I want you to hold in cuz hold on cuz I'm going to be reading a, a good portion of scripture but before i get there i want to tell you what's going on so jesus is teaching and there's a crowd of people and out of the crowd this guy says hey hey jesus will you tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me now we don't know if he's right or wrong in asking jesus this but jesus says i'm not going to tell you that who who made me judge over you and so then he goes into a parable, and he's talking about your the possessions that you own and the things that you're trying to build, and he kind of gets to the same thing. Like, God appears to it, the, the guy in the parable, and he says, Fool, your soul is required of you now. What's going to happen to all these barns that you've built up? So that's the parable that Jesus tells, and then he continues on with this teaching. So this is kind of where we're dropping in chapter 12 luke chapter 12 verse 22 he says and he said to his disciples therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat nor about your body what you will put on for life is more than food and the body more than clothing consider the ravens they neither sow nor reap they neither they have neither storehouse nor barn and yet god feeds them get this how much more value are you than the birds And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and the Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that do not fail that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys for where your treasure is there your heart will be also y'all this this section of scripture is just like really powerful to me uh, mainly because I didn't have to do much interpreting like Jesus is just being straight up he's being super clear he's super honest about what's happening. And I just, I was thinking about one of my friends in particular, um, who just—he just let me know that he's been real anxious lately, and I just been praying for him. And as I was reading this text, I was—I've been praying through this text with or for him. Anyway, um, so here Jesus is, and he's telling his disciples. He's just finished this teaching about. This parable about don't store up things for yourself or don't be overly concerned with storing up things for yourself. He particularly says, take care. This is in verse 14, 14 in the parable. He says, uh, actually, it's 15. Take care and be on guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist of in the abundance of his possessions. That is kind of the thrust of this entire passage. Jesus is trying to put us to say that you're you're. Don't let your life be so consumed with what you will own. And I and I think I think that's the the the, the reason why some people may be anxious. Now I'm I was really nervous to share this part of scripture because like I don't deal with anxiety like that. By God's grace, I just never have dealt with anxiety like that. And so I was I was like, man, can I even share on something that I don't go through? But then I was reminded that God's word stands no matter if I've gone through it or not. There's truth in it that we can we can receive. And I want to do it humbly with humility knowing that, hey, other people are going through things like this. So here here's the point, I think, that Jesus is trying to help us see. Whatever you consume your life with, that is where your peace will be. If you consume your life with your possessions... You'll have possessions and you'll have some kind of image of peace. And if you don't have possessions, you won't have peace. He he goes and he says, don't be concerned about the things that you eat or your body, what you're going to put on, your clothing. If you consume your life with your clothing, your peace will be if you with whether or not you have clothing. But look at what he says. He says, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. This is verse 23. 24 says consider the ravens they neither sow nor reap they have neither storehouse nor barn and yet god feeds them this is the point here this is the thing jesus says of how much more value are you than the birds if god is going to care about the birds and he does how much more value is he going to care about you he's going to care about feeding you this is how we can these are some of the stum- the starting blocks to overcome some anxiety. Knowing that God cares, if God is the it's the the lesser to the to the greater. If God is gonna care about the little birds, He's definitely gonna care about you. Then he goes on. He says, "Man, if you can't even add a single hour to your life by being anxious, anxious, why are you anxious about anything else?" He says, man, look at the lilies of the field. I'm just imagining Jesus is in a field and he's seeing birds go by and he's looking at the lilies in the grass. He says, look, look, look at the grass that you're standing on. Look at the lilies that are around us. If God is going to clothe these, these plants, how much more is he going gonna, gonna to clothe you? Now, if you are familiar with contemporary uh, Christian music right now, Maverick City is hot, and they got a song out called Gyra, and I just wanted to remind y'all of some of the, the lyrics. It's just so good, okay? Uh, he, he, he The lyrics go something like, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he clothe you? If he watched over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? How much more does he love you? And that part of the song just says it over and over. I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need to sit in lyrics like that and just sit in them, just hear them over and over and over. And I need to sing them out to myself. I need to remind myself that God cares more about me than he cares about lilies. He cares more about me than he cares about sparrows. And so he's going to dress me and he's going to feed me. He's going to love me. Y'all, Jesus kind of keeps going. This is probably my favorite part of the, of the text. Is verse 30. It says, For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. This is why we can have confidence, um, how we can pick up confidence, and so we can put down anxiety as much as we can because I know that sometimes it's something that some people can't control. But we need to pick up this confidence in our Father because he's already said he knows what you need. He He's He's promising to give us what we need. It's kind of like Psalm 23. Is that Psalm 23? Uh, where he says, what is it that he says? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that mean? It means, basically, another another version of this scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. It basically means if I don't have it, I don't need it. Because he's my father, he's my shepherd. He's going to care for me. Verse 31 says, instead, seek his kingdom Here's where it connects he says seek his kingdom and all these things are going to be added to you if we are more concerned with god and his kingdom him being lord and ruler over our lives and being around god's people and expanding the kingdom of god i really do believe that god's promise is true he's going to add all these other things to us he's going to make sure that we have what we need he's going to make sure that our dreams and desires fit within his kingdom we won't be concerned with building our empire. We'll be concerned with expanding God's kingdom. He says, I'm going to add all these things to you. This is where it gets even gooder, okay? I know this is not even good language, but it's you know what I'm trying to say. It, it gets even gooder. Verse 32, he says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Y'all, God wants to do that. He wants to give you the kingdom. Okay, okay. He kind of he kind of ends it by saying something like, um, in verse thirty three, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your there will your heart be also. Yo, oh. Jesus, Jesus is reminding us, hey, wherever you put, wherever you your heart is consumed, that's where your peace will be. Jesus is your where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Jesus is reminding us that, man, we can pick up faith in our Father because he loves us. He loves us more than sparrows. He loves us more than lilies of the grass, lilies of the field. He loves us. And it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He says, seek the kingdom. All these other things are going to be added to you. And when you seek it, it's going to be his good pleasure to give it to you. I love this about our God. I I hope that this this episode of the podcast has been encouraging for you. It certainly has been encouraging for me. I want to give a special shout out to those who have been uh, giving me good good critiques about this podcast. I welcome them. Not necessarily because I'm looking for compliments, but I truly do desire to be better. We will see y'all next week for episode six on the To the Men After Me podcast. The audio letter to the men, to the boys that will become men in the generations that follow. Hmm.